Several years ago, I had the following dream. I went to church at a very large church building, a two-story building. I went in the building, and every seat was taken. I went upstairs to the balcony, and there was one vacant seat. I sat down, and the woman sitting in front of me turned around and said, you can't see much from that seat because it was behind a pole and you would have to lean over one way or the other to see the platform, the stage. And I replied to her, oh, that's okay. You don't ever see much at these places anyway. For the most part, the 11 o'clock church service in the United States is set up to keep the Holy Spirit from speaking through strangers. And as they do that, they quench the Spirit, period. Sometimes you'll hear some information, but not much. As the approved men, who are improved by themselves, are on the platform, I've often thought if Jesus Christ appeared at this service today, they would not permit him to speak. And most churches are structured that way. At the Sunday school class, it's often different. I found at the Sunday school class, they are frequently much more open. And the Holy Spirit is permitted to speak. One time I attended a small Church of Christ group at the Sunday school hour, the pastor was speaking to us, and it was a group of about uh, nine people. I said pastor. I, want, I kept referring to him as pastor, and he finally stopped me and said, I'm not a pastor. And I said, I'm not called a pastor. And I said, well, what are you called? And he said, I'm just called a minister. I don't know why Church of Christ has this doctrine. They have eliminated pastors at the Church of Christ. I went to a Church of Christ college. My first college was ACC in Abilene. And I went there because of my aunt's Church of Christ. And I was only 16 when I went to college. So I, they were going to make me go to NMU, which is in New Mexico. But my aunt said, well, she could go to ACC. Well, I had seen ENMU and I had not seen ACC so I chose ACC. That's how I ended up there. Anyway, it was a Church of Christ college, and I had forgotten that they taught this doctrine where no one is to be called a pastor. Now, no one knows, I suppose, why that's true. For the Bible certainly calls ministers pastors. Ephesians chapter 4, after Jesus arose, he gave to the church ministers and those ministers that he gave to the church are apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ ephesians chapter 4 verses uh, 11 12 anyway this man informed me that he was not called a pastor and then i remembered church of christ doctrine so I didn't question that 
why he's not called a pastor when the Bible calls ministers pastors. We went on with the class and he said, did Noah really condemn the world? And I said, yes. Everybody was shocked because apparently he preached this doctrine all the time that Noah didn't condemn the world and they knew it. But when I said yes, they were just stunned. I said, Noah obeyed God and did what God said, and by that, he condemned the world. That is, in Hebrews chapter 11, I'll look it up for us. It's verse 7. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Therefore, when I said, yes, Noah condemned the world because he believed God and built an ark, and because he believed God and did the work of God, the world was condemned. Everybody was dead silent, including their minister. And no one, after I spoke, wanted to have anything to do with me again. I didn't stay for their 11 o'clock service. After the Sunday school class was over, I left. I attended a church called Word of Faith. Robert Tilton was the pastor. In 1980, well, a little before 80, I started going to that church group, and I went until 1982 to that church group. Our Sunday school class had a teacher who always said, Does anyone have a word from the Lord? He opened the class for the Holy Spirit to move in the class. But not once did I ever hear hear that said at the 11 o'clock service where Tilton preached. It was never opened for the Holy Spirit to move that I know of. But the Sunday school teacher always said that. And the people who had a word could speak. That is what the church is supposed to be. The gathering of the church is supposed to be like that. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 14 what the church is supposed to be. Start at verse 26. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. The Holy Spirit was free, was to be free, to move through whom he will. One week, one man might have a revelation, a doctrine, and he would share it. Someone might have a psalm, 
A psalm could be a song, but it also could be a prayer. In the last psalm written by David, at the top of that psalm, it says the prayers of David are ended. So it could be a prayer, but it also could be sung. I'm quite sure music was never intended to be the structured thing that it is in the churches today. It's structured today to put you, so to speak, in the mood, to make you feel religious. But all of this is simply of the flesh and a feeling of the flesh being stirred up. I spent the first six years of my life after college conducting orchestras. Being in the music field, I wrote my doctoral dissertation on the subject of controlling audiences through programming. I had a lot of experience using music to control a congregation in that, but in those days I was working with an audience because I was not even born again at that time. Controlling people through music. When you leave, now music can be good. It can be godly, but it has to be very careful to be godly. In the first place, a lot of music is not even godly. It's not even scriptural. We set up a hymn blog for our people to try to present some scriptural hymns. Singing and making melody in your heart is one of the keys. Now the Church of Christ took this and made it into a doctrine that's saying you can't have instrumental music. and That's ridiculous. Because if you sang and made melody only in your heart, you would not open your mouth and make any sound. For you could do that. Many times I will hear music in my heart, in my mind. I see a movie and they have a, a refrain of music that's played over and over and over and I can't forget it. For days sometimes I'm singing it or it's going on in my mind. So singing and making melody in your heart is different from forbidding instrumental music in the church. That's ridiculous doctrine. We have all through the Old Testament David using symbols and and great number of different types of instruments named it has nothing to do with that. This is a fleshly doctrine of men set up for the people to worship. It's another idol set up by the churches. Music can be used, though, in a good way. I think it's more spontaneous than they plan it at the church gatherings. I never let, what the years that I was speaking, I never had music before I spoke. I didn't have anything. I just spoke what I heard from God when I went and had my meetings. I always was a little concerned about putting music before the word because so often it's so fleshly that people focus on that music and don't hear the word. They're hearing the music even after it stops playing. However, I will say that when I would go to the Sunday school class where the man always opened the door for us to present a word from the Lord, they had a little 
singing service. And during that service, I frequently would be given words of knowledge. So I know the music is not always evil. And I would write down these words of knowledge that I was shown during the song service. And then when the teacher said, does anyone have a word from the Lord? I would present those words of knowledge. A word of knowledge is a spiritual gift listed in 1 Corinthians 12. It would be something like, does anyone have a stomach ache? I would be shown the outline of a stomach or some other part of the body like it was on the wall is how God showed me on a solid wall. While they were singing, I would be receiving these words of knowledge being shown this part of the body on the wall. So I always knew somebody was having this problem. That's called a word of knowledge. I think a word of wisdom is a little different. It's listed with a word of knowledge. It's sort of what to do about something. But it's also part of a word of knowledge sometimes. I never did try to separate the two. I just spoke what I heard. For example, one time I was playing golf with two women. One was a Methodist woman and one was Church of Christ. As we walked down the golf course, this Methodist woman began talking about people who judge other people. And after she spoke her doctrine for a few minutes, the Holy Spirit rose up in me and spoke these words to her through me. If you judge that someone's judging, aren't you judging? She just went, <laughs> it was like a hot air balloon with a pen poked in it. The word of God was like the pen poked in the hot air balloon. So I knew no music can be used correctly, and I know it can be used incorrectly, and most of the time it's all pre-planned, and it's sort of a thing to control the audience and make them feel spiritual. When we are spiritual is when we've heard a word from God and obey that word and follow it. Then we are entering into being recreated into the image of Christ. That's spiritual. Most of the time, music at church is used to control the audience. But what was supposed to happen at the gathering of the church is verse 26 of 1 Corinthians. How is it then, brethren, when you come together? Every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. If something is not edifying, someone should stop it. I attended a little non-denominational church once, was looking for a church to attend, and I attended one of their church services. The pastor was teaching the Sunday school class, all of a sudden, a woman jumped up, waved her arms in the air and said, Praise God, praise God, praise God. And she ran all the way around the room saying that and then sat back down. And the people were so excited and the pastor was so excited, they thought she had the Spirit of God fall on her. That is not correct. She had another spirit that took over the service and interrupted the service and interrupted the flow of the Spirit of God. I knew that. When I left the building that day, I said to God, I know that was not the Spirit of God in that woman. 
And I was reminded of a scripture in, a verse of scripture in 1 Corinthians 14. It's at the end of verse chapter 14. It says, let all things be done decently and in order. This was out of order. This woman was out of order. Someone should have stood up and said, that is not the spirit of God. You are out of order in what you're doing. But the whole congregation and the pastor were thrilled. And I didn't know enough to stand up and stop her at that time. I might today. Everything should be done decently and in order. See, at the Sunday school class that I attended, it was very much in order to give a word from the Lord because the teacher who was in authority invited us to give a word from the Lord. That's in order. We didn't interrupt his teaching to give it. The 11 o'clock service, I was never given a word of knowledge during the 11 o'clock service. And looking back on it, I think it is because the pastor never opened the door for a word of knowledge from God to be presented at the 11 o'clock service. It's very controlled. I was always given words of knowledge at the Sunday school class where the door was open and at our prayer group. So basically churches are set up to keep the Holy Spirit from speaking. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak through one of the approved ministers a few times I've heard it not often I have have to say I haven't very often heard it I attended church constantly Sunday morning Sunday night Wednesday night and all special services for years and I can't remember very much that was ever taught at church that tells me it wasn't the Holy Spirit doing the teaching when the Holy Spirit is speaking, you cannot forget it. It's that powerful. So concerning the gathering of the church, the Apostle Paul says, Let all things be done unto edifying, to build up the church. Very often, I'm guided by, will this be edifying? Does this edify the church? Does it build them in things of God? Does it show them the way of God? 1 Corinthians 14, 27, Paul says, Concerning the gathering of the church, If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Verse 29, let the prophets speak two or three. Where have you ever heard that? I've never been in a church where they ever had prophets speaking. I knew we had prophets at Word of Faith. People were identified as prophets. I was one of them. At once, Bob Tilton stood up on a Sunday morning at the platform and said something that shocked me because I never told anyone I was a prophet. 
I didn't even tell our Bible teacher I was a prophet, but I knew. But God must have revealed it to Robert Tilton because he stood up and said, Joan Boney is not a teacher. She's a prophet. I was shocked. The Bible teacher was shocked. He said he often started to identify me as one of the people called by God as a teacher. But he was always stopped from that. He used to say, I had a check in my spirit, so I didn't do that. But when Bob identified me, he stood, this Sunday school teacher said, that's it, she's a prophet. Well, I was also an apostle, but I didn't tell anyone that either. One day God told me that. We were dri- I was driving down the highway, and the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. He said, I have called you and set you in the body of Christ as an apostle. I said, apostle? What's an apostle? I was shocked. I knew I was a prophet. God had trained me from the very beginning on all of the work of prophets in the Old Testament, every one of them. I knew I was called as a prophet. I was confirmed at the church as being a prophet because how how do you know the person's a prophet? By their fruits. By the fruits you know them. What do prophets do? They bring correction. They, they speak things they have no way of knowing. For example, like the stomach thing. Does anyone have a stomach problem? And one little woman jumped up and said, I do, I do. Well, it was a word of knowledge about someone in that group. There's no way you have of knowing that, except from God. So they, they saw this about me. Oh, everywhere I went in those days, people were saying, oh, we know the hand of God is on you. We know you're called by God. They all knew. It was identified to all. And that's basically the way it should be in ministry. If you're an evangelist or you're doing the evangelist things, or what does an apostle do? Well, an apostle is going to correct church doctrine. An apostle is troubled by doctrine, and they are going to compare scripture with scripture and help set up the correct church doctrine in the church, if they're permitted to work. Most churches will not permit them to work. But that doesn't stop them from speaking. They can speak on radio. They can speak by blogs. They can speak by podcast. But that's what they do. And you know them by their fruit. So Paul says, If any man speak in an unknown tongue... Let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Verse 29, 1 Corinthians 14. Let the prophets speak, two or three, and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, Let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and that all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. 
The Holy Spirit doesn't take over and make you do anything. You have control at all times of what you speak. You can speak or not speak. And certainly, I wouldn't think I would interrupt a church service to speak unless there was an opening made to present that gift of the Holy Spirit. I might if something, if God made me do it, but I've never done it. I've never interrupted a church service to speak a word of knowledge. I feel that would be out of order. Paul sets forth such strong order for the church here. Just look at what he says. Let the prophet speak two or three, and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. Let the first stop speaking, let the other one speak. And the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. In other words, you don't have anything out of control. It is all in order. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Now, verse 34. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. For it is a shame for women to speak in the church. I said to God, I can't speak in the church. Look at this scripture. The Holy Spirit said to me, look at what these women were doing in the church. When I reread the scripture, verse 35 if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. I felt very strongly they were interrupting the church service with questions. Women have a way of doing that. Drawing attention to themselves. Stopping the flow of the Spirit of God. Definitely that woman that interrupted the pastor's teaching at that Sunday school class and waved her hands in the air and shouted, Praise God, praise God, praise God, and got up and ran all the way around the room and then returned and sat down in her seat. She was one of these women that should have been censured. But God also reminded me of another scripture, and that's in Acts 21. They went to Philip to Philip, visit Philip the evangelist, and it says he had four daughters who did prophesy. Prophecy is for the church, not for the world. It's for the church. Prophets are sent to the church always. These women had to have been able to speak in the church to prophesy. So by that, God got me to do the work I do, apostle prophet. But I never interrupted a church service to speak. God put me on radio and I presented the prophecies on radio or I presented the um, corrections on radio or I compared the doctrine and did the work of an apostle on radio. But I never interrupted a church service to do it.
So I think I was in order the way I've done it. I've certainly tried to be. I believe the Holy Spirit showed me enough to set me in order in these offices. Paul goes on to say, starting at verse 36, What came the word of God out from you, or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord, and I am certainly willing to do that. I would never want to go against Paul in any way. But if a man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. That is what is supposed to happen at the gathering of the church today. That is not what we see at the gathering of the church you will likely not be able to change the gathering of the church. I wasn't. I always liked to go to the Sunday school class more than I did the 11 o'clock service because it was free. It was freer for the Holy Spirit, at least where I went. There used to be a Wednesday night service at church where people gave testimonies. That was very exciting. You didn't have a pre-planned program, and it was much more like 1 Corinthians 14. It says it's supposed to be. You just went to church, and somebody would give a testimony. It might be a doctrine. It might be a dream. It might be something that happened in their life to show God. I loved those services. I don't know that they exist today, but that's the kind of service that I would go to. Or a, a Sunday school class where the Holy Spirit was free to speak. Those are the two settings today which I found the most edifying. But in the 11 o'clock service, the main service, I did find that there was rarely anything spoken that was worth hearing. I would take practice of just copying down any scripture and I could go look at it and edify myself by the scripture. But as far as edification of the Holy Spirit in the group itself, I just did not find that at the 11 o'clock service anywhere I ever went. I have written all these scriptures down for us so that you can see the written word of God on everything I've spoken today. If you will go to our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations, click on the podcast on the right-hand side of the page, and you will see this broadcast come up listed, and you will be able to hear this message if you care to do so and you can read every scripture that it has been spoken here because after I finish speaking I will listen to the broadcast and put all the scriptures down that were spoken most of the time I'm speaking strictly by what is called to my attention so it is just kind of everywhere 
and many scriptures are put in that I had never dreamed of, of speaking about. Again, the blog is named Jesus Ministries Exhortations. You'll find podcasts on the right-hand side of the homepage. This is Joan Boney. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.